All right, that's a great song. Tonight we're talking about Even If Faith. Now you probably saw that title, some of you did maybe before, and thought, what is he trying to say, Even If Faith? What I'm trying to talk about is a faith that says, even if that happens, I'm going to be faithful to God. Even if I lose my job, I will be faithful to God. Even if I lose my marriage, I'm faithful. Even if I lose my health, even if I lose someone close to me, even if I make a gazillion dollars, whatever it is, positive or negative, I will be faithful to God no matter what comes my way. I am deciding and determining right now that I will not give in for anything. And let me tell you, it's most important to make those decisions before you get in the middle of a crisis than it is to try to make that decision then. So you make it before so that when the crisis does come, you're prepared for that. Now, like most of us know, most things in life are conditional, right? Most things we have are conditional, and it's why we have contracts. Can you imagine doing business these days, multi-million dollars, billion dollar businesses, doing everything with just a handshake and saying, or maybe not even that anymore, you just do it over Zoom and say, deal final. No, it's because things are conditional. If you don't do this, then obviously I'm not going to do this. And so we go back and forth. And if you buy a house, you buy a car, pretty much it seems like these days, if you buy a pencil, you're going to be signing a contract, right? Everywhere you go, there is a contract to, to sign. However, with God, faith in God is to be unconditional. Whatever comes, whenever it comes, whatever it is, I will have faith in God. If everything is going my way and we can sing show tunes, then I'm faithful to God. But if everything is dismal and down and bleak, I will be faithful to God. Even if the worst thing I can imagine happens, I will be faithful to God. So the first, I have three little examples of this tonight. They're all from the Bible. The first is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego back in the book of Daniel who resolved to stand firm before they went to the fire. Now you may remember these three men. We just, I just preached about them not too long ago. Many of you know their story back from, from growing up. Maybe you, you know the story from then. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken out of their homeland, taken into a foreign land, and there they were taught to live like people of a different, of a different world. Matter of fact, they were taught a pagan way, but they said, we will not give in to pagan ways because we worship God Almighty, the one known as Yahweh, who is the God of the Bible. We worship Yahweh. We won't give in. And they decided that. And you may remember the king came and brought his food to them. And they said, we don't eat that kind of food. We just eat this other stuff, which is vegetables. And I'm so glad that wasn't a commandment, right? But it was vegetables is what they eat. And, and they said, we're not going to do that. And so everything is okay for a while. And then you remember, the time finally comes when the king says that you're going to have to bow down, or the people say you're going to have to bow down to this image that was representative of the king. And they said, we're not going to bow down because we only worship one God, the true God, the one known as Yahweh, the great I Am. That is the only God we worship, and we're not going to do that. And you remember what they were told, and you're going to be thrown into a fire if you don't do that. And it's going to be a really hot fire, seven times hotter. I don't know how you decide if a fire is one time hotter or two times hotter or seven. What they were saying was, it's going to be really hot. We're going to make it as hot as we can make it. 
And you remember what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said in Daniel chapter 3, verse seven, verses 17 and 18, when they were threatened with that. They said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if, here's the even if faith, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. We will not. If God rescues us from, from that fiery furnace, we have faith. And even if God does not rescue us, we still have faith. It's a hard place to live. It's a scary place to live whenever, whenever, you're, whenever you're confronted by something like death that's right in front of you. Not only death, but a horrible death. But even if he doesn't. Now you remember, in this case, God rescued them. And praise God for that. And, and, and what a wonderful outcome it was for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But it's not always the case. We've heard stories of many martyrs over the years that lost their life and killed in such ways. And sometimes in, in the first and second century, late first century, early second century, according to, to stories that have been told, that what they would do is they would take Christians and they would wrap them up in the, in the skins of wild animals. And then they would put them out in front of the lions. And they said, we will not back down. We will not denounce Jesus. Even if we're thrown into the arena, we will not back down. Now I want to share with you another one quickly, Habakkuk. He made sure that he was firmly planted before Israel's upheaval. Now I want you to think about this with Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a prophet of God, had a great name, didn't he, Habakkuk? Nobody names their kid Habakkuk. I don't know why. Hab would be a great name. You know, you could do a lot of things with it. Us telling, I think the elders today that his name in Portuguese is Habakkuk. Sounds like Habakkuk, right? So one of my favorite names of all. But he was told something really scary. I want you to imagine tonight, as we live in this country, and most of us here are citizens or lovers of the United States, if you had a message from God come to you that said, the United States is going to be destroyed in, in your lifetime, it's going to be destroyed, and the people that are here are going to be taken off into captivity. You are all going to be taken off to, to some other place, to, to Mexico or Canada or wherever, and most of you will be leaving your homeland, you will be leaving your homes, you'll be leaving everything, and it's going to be really bad. Now, that's the kind of message I wouldn't really like to get. Sometimes we prognosticate and wonder if something like that may happen. But to hear that from God himself, that what is coming is a calamity upon your nation, that this is what's going to happen. Habakkuk gets that message from God. That's what the little prophecy is about. That little book in the Old Testament is that prophecy of what's coming, and it's going to be bad. It is People are going to die. It's going to be difficult, and they're going to be carried off into slavery. His own people, and, and assuming if Habakkuk lives that long, he along with them. But you may know the passage, and maybe it's new to you tonight. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. One of my very favorite, I remember finding this when I was in high school. And this is what Habakkuk wrote. I heard and my heart pounded. This is about the sound of, of God. 
My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept in my bones, and my legs trembled. Yet, this is even if faith. You understand it's yet here, but it's even if faith. Yet, I will wait patiently for the, delay of, for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, even if faith, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Hear what he's saying? I know we're about to lose it. I know that. You've told me that. Can you imagine what that would be like? I know what's coming. I realize on the face of the earth for me right now, there is no hope. But I will rejoice. I will rejoice. Even if there is nothing to eat and there are no sheep in the pens for me to shear and to make money off the, off the wool. Even if there's no food and there is no money and there is no hope for any future and an there is an invading army. I will still praise you and still honor you no matter what happens. I will be joyful in God my Savior because the Lord is going to be my strength that gets me through that. I will be with God. Now, I want you to understand this, too, that we're in the Old Testament, and that promise of being with God forever in heaven has not been given yet. They don't even understand or, or could understand the way we do what that's all about. They don't know about Jesus coming, because obviously Jesus isn't coming for hundreds of years in the future from this time. And he says, yet, even if those things happen, I will not turn my back on God, no matter what. That is even if faith. So there's another one I want to share with you tonight. It's not Habakkuk. It's not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's Jesus. Now you think about Jesus. I mean, he, he emptied himself to come to earth and, and how incredible that is and to think that he came and he lived in Bethlehem and from Bethlehem he goes to, to Egypt and to Nazareth and to Capernaum and was in Jerusalem and all those places. But yet every place he went, people were trying to kill him. You remember that? And he does miracles and that makes some people really happy and it makes some people want to kill him even more. Whatever he does, people are after him. There's never that time as far as being with people where everybody's on his side. There's always someone after him. But he understands that because he came to give his life as the perfect sacrifice. He never sinned even one time. Can you imagine that? He never let his attitude go. He never let his brain go. He never sinned one time. So, Jesus finally gets to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus understands, next stop cross and the human part of jesus as he looks at the cross that is in front of him does the exact thing that you would do and i would do 
I don't want to go there. That's going to hurt. It's going to hurt physically. It's going to hurt mentally and emotionally to go through that. You know, one of the things that, it didn't, I don't know if I would say, one of the things that took me a while to decide to become a missionary was I knew that my, it was going to be difficult on my mother. She was going to say, you're moving where? Brazil? Is that by Amarillo? It was going to be a difficult thing, but one I believe needed to happen. Now that's pretty small, right? Here Jesus is, going to the cross, knowing the pain that is going to be in the heart of his mother who's going to be there when he dies. Mary and his Aunt Mary and his friend Mary Magdalene are all going to be there. All the Marys. And it's going to be difficult. And physically, it is the worst kind of pain I guess a person could have as your body fills with, with air and then it can't get the air back out. And while you don't see this on a cross or a modern-day crucifix, what would have been there right in the middle would have been a, a stick like a dowel rod sticking out to make it really painful, and that's probably enough to say. He was about to go through that. Much less the nails, the crown of thorns, the ridicule from those around him. And so now here he is in the Garden of Gethsemane just hours before all this will happen in Matthew chapter 6, verses 42 through 46. And picking up with Jesus praying, here's what he says. What it says, again, a second time, Jesus went away and prayed, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and he found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. And after leaving them, he went away again and he prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then came to, he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go. See, my betrayer is near. You see what's happening with Jesus there? He prays this prayer three times. Father, if there is some other way, if we could do this some other way, and God's silence, his Father's silence is the answer. There is no other way. And so Jesus has what we would call an even-if faith. Even if I have to die on the cross, I will go through with it. Even if there is no other way, I will do it. Even if people ridicule me, I will do it. Even if it is painful for other people, I will do it. Even if I will do it. You see, this is even if faith. And we see where he got the strength partially from this was prayer. Gave him strength to go through with this. But you also understand what the prayer did through all those years. He had what we would call relationship with God. All these years he had been talking to God. They had been building a relationship. Obviously he comes from God. He's part of God. All those things. But it is about what builds there. 
if I have no relationship with God and I haven't been thinking about Scripture and haven't been communing with God and worshiping and then the worst thing in the world happens to me, then I'm starting to think, where is God? Why would God do this? I haven't been prepared for it. I haven't been prepared. So part of what we're doing is not only worshiping God, but we are preparing ourselves for whatever is in front of us all the time. It's, it's getting ready for something that we pray never happens. And so this is my question for us tonight of how can I develop this type of faith? You know, I wish I could give you just a one, two, three on this. I'd say, well, what you need to do is read your Bible. I don't know. They didn't have a Bible yet, right? But reading your Bible would be a good thing to do. What you need to do is spend time with Christians. Well, that definitely would help. But you know what? There weren't even Christians around at the time. Well, you know what you, what you need to do is you need to, to pray more. Well, absolutely we need that. And all these things will help that I talk about. But it's about us making this decision. I will be faithful to God. Whatever it means. Whatever is in front of me, and I pray for, <clears throat> I pray for smooth skies every time I fly. But even if they're not, I will be faithful. I will not give in. So tonight, I hope for those who are watching and those who are in the room, that we will be thinking about how we are developing our faith, so that not only can we be prepared for a crisis, but we can share that with our kids, and we can share that with other people, and we can see the seriousness of what we're doing, so that we can share that with others, so that others will come to know Jesus the way that we know Jesus. And tonight, if you need to be baptized into Christ, if you need prayers, whatever we can do to help you, we want to do that. Come as we stand and sing.